I'm Russ Boris, and this is 8-Track. Andy Clark is a Grammy award-winning musician, songwriter, and producer who's released six solo records as St. Vincent's. The latest album, Daddy's Home, is another turn in her constant musical evolution. Happy to welcome St. Vincent to the show. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? How's it going? Zoom? Yeah, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, Daddy's Home to me is is unlike anything that you've done before, but that kind of goes without saying. I think every record kind of goes in that direction for you, just trying something different. Uh, and there's something very organic about the production to me that feels kind of, you know, early 70s in its vibe. Uh, what was the inspiration there? Uh, definitely the early 70s. Uh, music made in New York City from 1971 to 76. Uh, Post Wiggly Flower Children, uh, pre- gay disco and pre-punk wow so that's um that's very specific very specific yes yeah uh and anything cinematic there uh cinematic in the sense of like cassavetti's movies and and adoring jenna rollins or you know um sure candy darling references and stuff like that all right well we'll talk more about daddy's home but uh want to get to your first pick on a track I, I should preface this by saying i was just painting my deck and poorly so i apologize this isn't um, some kind of abnormality. Well, maybe it's an abnormality, but it's it's paint. So, excuse me for not being better equipped. All good. Paint or no paint. Uh, it is a song called "Love It If We Made It" from the 1975. talk about this song oh yeah i just really i really like this song it's um it kind of reminds me of tears for fears or something and the kind of uh falsetto-esque scream that the singer is singing in You know, there's definitely a bounciness to that. It's uh, it's pretty undeniable, and I could see where uh, where we started there. We're gonna get into a two song set in a second, Annie. So, um, you know, as you, you know, you pick that, and, and just going a lot of the picks here. You know, how does that work for you, just as a listener? Like, how do you, where do you go for new music um, right now, as you know, present working musician? Uh, you know what? Um, I know that there's all kinds of uh, algorithms that tell me what I should and shouldn't like, but I ask my friends. Very old school. <laughs> I asked my friend who are, have, you know, like good taste. Like, what are you? In fact, I, my friend Kate LeBon, who we're going to play here in a second, I ask her what she's listening to because she has the best taste. And then she tells me what's up. And she actually, I think, introduced me to Kate and V's music. So that's how old school, old school. Well, you have very much set up the next set. Um, all right. Well, let's go back further, though. As a, how about as a kid? Oh, I went to the CD store. Yeah. Um, there's a place called CD World in Dallas, Texas, and I would go, I would get dropped off there after school, and I would just roam the stalls. I mean, I would read the liner notes on stuff that I already had and go, oh, so-and-so produced this thing. I'm going to go find out what else this person produced. And you talk to the snarky guy behind the, the counter, and 
you know, you bring up Alanis Morissette and he's like, mm. and then he points you to Kate Bush and you're like, thank you. You know, no, no shade. I just mean, you know, you, you have, uh, you have somebody behind the counter who you're sort of trying to impress with your, with your taste. You realize you want to like Frank Zappa, but you don't really, but you give it the good college try. It's all these kinds of things. And then you find out, um, you find out what you love. Do you pick things up just based on cover? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. 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 And in CD world, is there a, a Jack Black, a high fidelity Jack Black? Because there is in every place, right? Yeah, absolutely. The guy is, uh, for me, it ended up being this guy named Chris Penn, who ended up being the tour manager for the first band I ever played in. So it kind of, Dallas was a small world and it it came full circle. But yeah. And then you see, you know, the indie record stores would send posters and stuff to the CD shop. And then you'd be like, oh my God, who's that band? They look really cool. Oh, that's Slater Kinney. Oh, that's you know blonde redhead that's cheap motto that's whatever so yeah that's how that's how i did it cool all right so doing it now take us back to present day and so kate laban set you up with basically these two songs kate envy is, is the one we're starting out with so tell me about plans yeah over quarantine i just got really obsessed with um 19th and 20th century russian history because uh i know that you guys are fordham and that's a legit great school i kind of went to a music college where um the idea of philosophy to me was was taught by teachers who were like, you know, it's kind of like a Bob Marley song. And you're like, no, wait, I don't think Kierkegaard has that much to do with. Anyway, so uh, I, I had to educate myself is the long and the short of it. So uh, so I was interested in Russian history over pandemic, and it kind of dovetailed into my interest in music that's happening, music that was happening behind the Iron Curtain that would get little bits of almost like a paper airplane thrown over the iron curtain of Western culture, but that Western culture wasn't, didn't have any context surrounding it. So it would just be, uh, you know, you'd see these kids who'd seen a little bit of like break dancing and were interpolating it and putting it into their own uh, voice. And so you get this like Barishnikov meets Grandmaster Flash, like dance stuff and you're like that is so cool so i'm really interested in that kind of intersection of stuff that that where little bits of culture come together um without context and get and get recontextualized so anyway brings me to kate and v who's a great russian artist telling me about all this really cool Russian stuff that's happening. It's like Russian post-punk scene that's happening now. It's amazing. That was a long... (laughs) (laughs) You know what, though? That is a great answer, and that uh, that closed the circle. Kate Envy and Plans on 8-Track. Super cool and kind of a debatable sax or clarinet vibe or whatever that actually was but it was, I think it's sax yeah. I think it's sax because it, there's a video for that song and the, uh, there is a sax featured unless that is a misdirect that could be creative license who knows yeah yeah. St. Vincent is our guest today picking a bunch of songs that you said were newish to you there is a feeling I Kate LeBon and Are You With Me Now? And I love the fact that you played Kate LeBon. Obviously, you have a friendship there, but that's an artist to me that maybe not enough people do know, but should know. Yeah, Kate is great. She's one of my absolute favorite songwriters, hands down.
important is it to you to to keep evolving, you know, creatively speaking, whether it's musically or visually or however it is, you know, it feels like each record, it's like there's a kind of a different presentation of, of what St. Vincent is. Yeah, well, I think what happens is I'm not that good at projecting very far into the future. I'm not that good at looking backwards, but I am good at looking at exactly what's in front of me and obsessing over it until I'm done with it. And so I just kind of get really obsessed with something and then I let that, you know, go to its natural conclusion artistically and then I'm just ready to move on to something else completely. So I think I'm just a little bit uh, bored. <laughs> are, are you able, though, to decide when you're done with it? You know, you know, or do you think, all right, I'm done with this. And then, you know, a day later, you'll go back and make a change or come up with something else. Or... No, I think that's one of the things I you're it, it will tell you when it's you know what more that it's done with you more that you know with a record you know you were it's a lot of um throwing things out a wall and then refining i'm sure we have a lot of artists and writers and everything on here write 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 refine refine edit and then um you just one of the things that comes with experience is just knowing when something is done and being able to go okay i can i can walk away from this now right it's a hard thing to do but it's necessary but that's something you learn over time. I'm sure in the beginning, that might have been more difficult when you first started out and you're thinking, I have to make this perfect. You're trying to get your name out there. That almost equates to potential, you know, trying to achieve perfection. Well, yeah, I, it's perfection or just once you've fully said what you're trying to say in the best way that you know how to say it, I guess. That's when it's okay to sort of walk away. What is it, though, when you have an artist like Kamasi Washington who uses his art differently? Most of what is presented by Kamasi is instrumental and you just, you feel it differently. I think that comes through you differently. So how and why does that appeal to you? I mean, Kamasi is one of our greats. He's one of our jazz greats. And I think what he, he's done, and I think it's so exciting, is, is make jazz really palatable and interesting to a whole new generation. that we need people who are taking you know iterations of things from the past and making them for right now and telling stories to the youth of today through you know a medium that has this really rich history so it's instrumental for the most part but it's still um you know, there is song and form and everything in there. So I find his work just really compelling and really emotional. Kamasi Washington and Final Thoughts. This is 8-Track with St. Vincent. He used to call it on myself. You love Badu turning Drake on his ear. Is there a cooler human being on this planet than Erica Badu? No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find one. I um, I read a New Yorker profile of her where uh, she's a Dallas girl. I'm also from Dallas. Um, shout out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she, I guess, has a like a really sick 
Porsche in a flamboyant color and the personalized license plate says, she bad. I was like, that's so cool. at some event at Electric Lady once and she was just there. I think I stood next to her for five seconds and I was like, this vibe in this room just changed. Yeah. yeah. You can't buy cool like that. No. Cool, cool on a whole new level. You know, and that's interesting. You take an artist like that who obviously, you know, you could just admire a number of different things about how she goes about her art. Um, and there's obviously, you know, we talked about Daddy's Home and certain references and reference points you had in creating that, you know, going back to the early 70s. But in terms of the artists of today, are there ones that you hear, uh, there's something I like about this that I could kind of morph into what I do. Are there artists like that that you take some kind of influence from today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'll never forget the um, classic Bowie line. He said, I'm not interested in any artist that I can't steal from. <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> you know, couch it however you like. But yeah, I mean, a bunch of the artists on here between, you know, Kate and V and Kate LeVon and Black Midi. Yeah, all kinds of really cool artists just, you know, constantly reinventing the form. It's awesome. Well, it does go back to that, as you say, reinventing the form because the, they're it's very difficult to have something that is, in fact, truly new. I mean, is there anything such as truly new anymore? Uh, I don't know, but I'm also, I'm not stressed out by the idea that there either is or isn't in a certain way. I mean, because we need, we need people of every generation to tell the stories of their generation. You know, um, sure, people in the 60s had Dylan, but we need newer of course, Dylan still exists and still definitely speaks to, still speaks to the younger generations. I mean, my God, but um, we need people telling the newer stories too. So it's all part of the canon. It's all part of the, the process. Your next choice is a band called Black Moth, Super Rainbow and New Breeze. Do you know a lot about this band? I don't know that much about them. I know they opened for the Nine Inch Nails. Um, they're really cool. Sorry, it's gonna curse. Um, they're really cool. Just the fusing of like the electronic thing with the organic thing. The tones that they get, I find super inspiring, and it's still in the realm of like very melodic song form. So yeah, I'm, I'm super into this band. This is a track with Saint Vincent. Jenny Lewis and Wasted Youth on 8-Track. Um, I love Jenny Lewis's voice. Everything that she does, I just feel like record in, record out. Just, it grows warmer with everyone. I know there's just some crazy appeal to it for me. I agree. I love her so much. She's just one of my favorite songwriters. Just 
a friend of mine and she's absolutely as cool as you could possibly imagine and cooler. So, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, the evolution and how that kind of comes, you know, seemingly record in and record out. And I know it, it seems crazy to be thinking so far ahead when you just have, you know, put out a new record. But what's the one idea? What's the one crazy thing that's been in the back of your head? Like one day before I call it a career, I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to have my prog record. I'm going to do the death metal record I've always wanted to do. You know, what is that one idea? Um, I think that. I definitely would like to make a kind of short, fast, start to finish, just assault of a record, just a rock record, which I know it sounds a little, maybe a little tepid or something, but um, I would like to make a record that would, that's just start to finish, crazy fun to play, like the kind of stuff in the chat, we've been chatting, but um, a record that you would want to play at one of those basement shows with a you know with people drinking 40s and 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 sweating and kicking so like 10 songs 28 minutes if that that sounds long that's long in the tooth (laughs) excellent uh and that of course you know brings the guitar to the foreground and that is um you know that's something we haven't necessarily talked a lot about in looking at your choices but you know what was it about that instrument what made you start there um i think i was just obsessed with it from a really young age um i mean i remember seeing la bamba which is the richie valen story and he had this like cherry red stratocaster and i was like what is that it just seemed like it was the portal to another dimension and then i started you know making drawing them and making them and all kinds of stuff and then eventually um started actually playing one when i was 12. so that was kind of i i I think part of it my uncle is a great guitar player tuck andrus and i think part of it was maybe genetic or seeing that knowing that he was a guitar player and kind of knowing that there was some um you know mystery or mystique about it but he's got more of that acoustic side so where did you see like all right well there's something else i can do with this instrument i could pick up a different one i can make more noise with this other one yeah i'm uh tuck is a genius genius finger style jazz guitar player so um I definitely try to watch him and try to do it and then just kind of go, oh, I don't think I'm cut out for this. Maybe <laughs> I'd rather be writing a song and you know, over here. So, um, I mean, rock music, that was the music that was popular when I was a kid. You know, Nirvana made me want to play music. Um, I remember the first time I heard Jimi Hendrix and just was like, what in the world is this? It opened up truly another dimension to me and um i just wanted to i wanted to be inside of whatever that magic was you know you mentioned nirvana really quick and it'd be wrong of me if i didn't ask you know how completely surreal was that experience you you, when you played with the surviving members and did lithium a couple years back i don't it's so insane i don't even know where to put it i truly and it's been a it's been seven years almost or possibly over seven years since that happened um and i still don't know how to think about it. Andy Clark St. Vincent has been our guest on 8-Track today. Thank you so much for doing this. This is an absolute blast. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. So we talked about your guitar style and we're talking about these sort of, you know, short, fast songs that maybe at one point in time will get that style record from you. But then you have kind of an epic piece like this Black Midi song. The short songs versus the epics, you know, they all have their place. So what is it about this particular song called Sweater? 
I love this band. They they tick so many boxes for me. I mean, it's like kind of abstract, cynical lyrics, uh, really froggy guitar, but not in a not in a peacocky way. In a very angular, aggressive, staccato kind of uh, way, and um, great drummer. It reminds me of going to see Lightning Bolt in a basement. And I just like, I'm so glad that bands like this exist that are just making nine minute epics of prog, post-punk prog music, you know. But not in a peacocky way. Not in a peacocky way, you know, not, <laughs> okay. you know, when I say peacock, I mean like when there are a lot of extraneous notes where you feel like, oh, that note maybe didn't mean to be there or wow, this feels more athletic than it does musical. That I'm not as interested. I, I get lost a little bit when, when things go too far in that direction. But this is like still very musical, but very prog. Black Midi, and Sweater, the final song chosen by guest DJ St. Vincent. Thanks again to Annie Clark for these eight songs and her latest album, Daddy's Home. In our next episode, John Baptiste will be picking the music and playing it too. Eight track is engineered by Jim O'Hara and produced by Sarah Wardrop. Subscribe, listen, and learn more at 8trackpod.com. I'm Russ Boris for WFUV in New York.